Hello, this is Toner Quinn and this is the Journal of Music podcast. This week, we are asking how should the state respond to the COVID-19 arts crisis? As in many sectors of the economy, artists and everyone who works in music and the arts are facing a prolonged period of uncertainty. So what needs to be done? How much will it cost? And how will the government respond? We begin with some extracts from a debate on the arts that took place in Dáil Éireann, the Irish Parliament, last Thursday, 14th of May. And I then speak to Louise Donlan, director of the Lime Tree Theatre in Limerick and a former member of the Arts Council, and musician and independent consultant Dermot McLaughlin. Remember that you can support our work by visiting journalofmusic.com forward slash support. The first extract we hear from the arts debate last week is from Deputy Richard Boyd Barrett. Minister, just imagine at the best of times, but even worse now, that we had no music, we had no comedy, we had no film, we had no theatre, we had no art. Imagine going through the last two months and we had none of those things. It's too awful to even contemplate. The, The UN are talking about a mental health crisis. Imagine how bad the mental health crisis would be without our artists, our musicians, uh, our poets, our writers, and the crew, and I really want to emphasize this, the crew, the technicians, the drivers, all the other people who make it happen. Just imagine that. Life would not be worth living. We all know it. We only have to think for one minute what the last few months would have been like in that scenario. It wouldn't be worth living. Okay, that's how important arts are. But what sort of support do we give to our arts, workers and performers and artists? It's insulting, Minister. It was insulting before uh, the COVID crisis, where in a country that trades and reputation is built on the arts, we spend less than almost anybody else in Europe in supporting arts, uh, the artists and the crew. And then we get a million euro to support artists. I mean, I'm looking at one of the rejection letters for one of the schemes you are claiming as a a success. I I mean, this is, I won't say the name of the artist, but this is a household name. Uh, Refused. Two-thirds of those applied for this pretty miserable grant. Refused. And were given a grade on the artistic merit of their application. Utterly insulting. This is a household name. I won't say what the name is, but it's a household name. Uh, Who's given service to this state, as all those people are. But they are frankly treated with no respect, except when people want to uh, jump into uh, a camera shot uh, with them uh, to get a bit of credibility or kudos off their work and their creativity. So this, this insulting approach to our artists uh, has, has to end, Minister. That was Richard Boyd Barrett of the Irish Solidarity People Before Profit Party. We are now over two months into the pandemic lockdown in Ireland and all arts and music events have been cancelled since 12th of March. The government announced that venues can open again on the 10th of August, but as we have been writing in the Journal of Music, that is not going to be straightforward because of social distancing. 
Last week, we learned that 14,000 people in the arts sector are now receiving the COVID-19 unemployment payment. During last week's arts debate, there was regular criticism of the government's response to the arts and music sector so far, that it has not been comprehensive enough and that it doesn't take into account the scale of the long-term disruption that is facing the sector. The Independent Deputy Catherine Connolly spoke about the long-standing disparity between the way the government talks about the arts and the support it provides. Here is Deputy Catherine Connolly. As I listen to you and I listen to previous governments, the phenomena of cognitive dissonance comes to mind. You know, the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs or attitudes, particularly in relation to behaviour. So we treasure the arts and we certainly treasure them on a national basis and international, but then practically we give them very little. And I think Cognitive dissonance absolutely captures it. And I look at a speech here from your colleague, Minister Humphreys, almost four years ago. And she said, we state clearly that supporting culture and creativity is vital if we want to create both a fairer society and a thriving economy. And she goes on to say, and she went on to say, and I'm sure you'd endorse it tonight, the arts are absolutely essential to the well-being of the Irish people. And there's no doubt that a thriving arts and culture sector makes a hugely positive contribution and so on and so on. And yet we look at the proportion of our GDP and it's 0.1%. We look at the response of government and I welcome, I have to say on the record, I welcome the payments under COVID and the other wage subsidy and to the extent that the artists can benefit from that. However, you took exception to the countries mentioned, so I'm going to mention Scotland and they announced three funds, 12.5 million for their uh, just under 6 million population and that worked out at 2.29 per head of population pounds and Ireland announced 1 million. And I understand 50% of that was already committed. And that works out for our population at 20 cents a head. So you could use those two as a comparison. And really what I want to ask you tonight is, can you just commit to looking at, or if you have already met with the National Campaign for the Arts, and they have seven points. They're very, very practical. And they're asking for 20 million. They're asking for a long-term plan. They're asking for recognition of the crisis, but a long-term plan. And going back to the cognitive dissonance, I took part in a debate today where the figure of 12 million was again mentioned by the same minister in relation to 12 billion in relation to uh, small businesses. And I fully endorse that. They're the backbone of our society. And the campaign, um, the document produced by John Morne, he of the land agency fame, talks about 15 billion and saying it's very expensive, but we can't afford not to do it. And yet we look at the arts and we're talking about a tiny amount of money, not given the recognition of the importance of arts to, to the economy, not to mention anything else. Deputy Catherine Connolly. In response to the criticisms, Minister for Culture, Heritage and the Gaeltacht, Josepha Madigan, cited two new schemes that have been developed, one of which is with Facebook, plus the already allocated money that was brought forward for the Arts Council, and she also mentioned the unemployment payment. Here is the Minister. I, I can assure you, Deputy, I am and I have been. And, you know, we, we have, I have, I have actually, my department's vote has increased by 23% since 2017. I have significantly increased the funding to the arts since I took office two and a half years ago. And if I had 
the, the, the opportunity to remain here at Giancorla, I will continue to do that and I will fight really hard for the sector because, you know, Deputy Boyd Barrett is right. This, this, the world wouldn't be a good place over the last number of weeks if we didn't have the music and the arts and everything else to sustain us. And if anything, that would give a loud signal um, to everybody. But I am pleased that they can at least avail of these supports that are there. That was Minister for Culture, Heritage and the Gaeltacht, Josepha Madigan. The arts debate was inconclusive. There were no promises made, apart from another 20,000 for online performances, and artists and the arts and music sector are still facing a very uncertain future. The issue is this. The arts sector was already under pressure before the pandemic. It had suffered successive cuts over the years since the economic crash of 2008, and in terms of funding, it was just beginning to come back from that lost decade. Now it is facing a new crisis. For this podcast, I spoke to Louise Donlan. Louise was on the Arts Council during the economic crash between 2008 and 2013 and is now the director of the Lime Tree Theatre in Limerick. I began our conversation by asking her what she learned during the crash that might be useful to us now. We're very much hopeful that the department will grab some of that allocation that the government is, is borrowing this 15 billion, whatever it's going to cost, um, uh, that as even a small percentage of that is, is ring fence for, for the arts sector. And I, you know, we, we, we have to demand that. And it was even in times, the arts was always seen as an easy cut back in the big recession back in 2008, 2009, the arts got uh, just a massive cut. And in fact, we've only just been coming out and, you know, when, when now this happens. And I really think it's incumbent that we're not seen as an easy target because I think and I don't I don't think we will because the whole essence of and I think it's, it's it's been a point very easily made that people in lockdown are turning to the arts to uh, to cope with the whole situation and you are a former member of the council and what year what years were you on the arts council I was appointed in December 2008 so I came in in just after the major um, the, the major crash, uh, which happened around September 2008, was when the banking crisis started, and then was there right through when the IMF were running the country from 2008 to 2013. So at the worst possible time. So I do understand you. You uh, and I do remember sitting around the, ta- the table making decisions which you knew had hugely detri- were going to have hugely detrimental effects on organisations as an artist so I kind of feel this this time it's different yeah Sorry. you remember being on the arts council between 2008 and 2013 and the challenges that were facing the council then and facing the economy and facing the arts sector and looking back at that period what do you think you learned from that that could help us this time <laughs> fundamentally it's a, it's the it's a, an attitude to the arts as i said earlier that it's it should not be seen as an easy cut and the arts and i know every sector suffered badly during that time and austerity uh, was very much the um the policy that was taken by the government to deal with it um i i think that this time around the general consensus seemed to be that austerity is not the right response to to something like this and it was never the right response even the last time um, and so it, it's really about making sure that there's enough funding from wherever that it can be 
around to make sure that the, 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 the sector is given the support it needs. The Arts Council at that time literally had to deal with, you know, had cuts of, it went, I can't remember individual years, but it did go from 85 million down to 65 million. Um, in uh, over the course of I'd say three years and so uh, each year we were dealing with literally having not having a pot big enough that could cope with not to mind any extra or new companies but the companies that that were already there in, in, in existence in 2008. And so an awful lot of co companies just went out of business. And so really what I learned from it is that you can't make um, a square peg fit in a round hole. You need, the, if you want a sector, you need to fund it. It's just as simple as that. I do think during the pandemic, uh, since people have been locked at home and they've all and like literally you, you you hear people talking about well what are you doing to pass the time if you're not working or even when you are when you're finished work for the day and you can't go to the pub or to the theater what are you doing and it's all about reading it's about music it's about um uh, watching uh, theater online whatever you know it's about tv it's all about the creative sector in terms of downtime it's all about creativity and the importance of creativity and I think you know you have even I think governments are starting to realize that the importance of the arts to us as a as a, a, a species to the whole human condition is fundamental and it's it's a change I haven't seen before and it's a conversation I haven't seen before um, so I'm, I'm, that's why I'm, I think I'm, I'm very positive. I am, despite all the challenges, I really am positive. I have a, feel, a good feeling about how, but, how things will improve beyond this, you know. We have been in this situation before where there's a huge amount of positive feeling towards music and the arts. Every time there's an international success, we talk about the importance of music, arts and culture. So we have been here before. At the end of the day, we're going to have to put a figure on it about the the amount of support. I think the information that the, the combined organization sent into the Arts Council, I'd love to see what came out from that. Obviously that information is not available to the rest of us. And, uh, but, but I would imagine it's, in, it's anywhere between 20 and 50 million for, for dealing with this crisis at the moment. But I mean, long-term though, I mean, it, it, it's back to the GDP. I mean, that GDP figure, is what it's it's minuscule in Ireland in comparison to other countries in Europe, and even you know I think even if it was brought I think it's it's definitely below I think it's point zero point zero four something like that maybe not even as high as that but even if it's brought up to one euro per head of GDP that would that would represent and you know you'd be talking two hundred and fifty million being given to the Arts Council, so you know that's really where we need to be headed. I know, the, and, and, and you're right, you know, we, we keep thinking, is this the time? Is this the time they're, they're going to realise how important it is? Um, who's, who's to know? Uh, but, but, I mean, if, if you're not optimistic, Toner, if you're not kind of constantly thinking, this time, they'll, will we all just give up? That was Louise Donlan of the Lime Tree Theatre in Limerick. My next conversation is with Dermot McLaughlin. Dermot is a fiddle player and an independent consultant with his company Creative Strategic Solutions. Between 1986 and 2002, Dermot worked in the Arts Council, first as traditional music officer and then as art form director. 
I began by asking Dermot what his thinking is about the challenge that is facing the sector at the moment. When I've been thinking about the, the challenges that lie ahead, I found it useful to take stock of, of what has happened so far since the pandemic arrived, has arisen. So the, the state response, you know, as, as expressed through, say, the Department of Culture, Heritage, Gaeltacht and the Arts Council and Culture Ireland, you know, I think it's been a, I think it's been a mixed bag. On the plus side, the, the response nationally and including for, for the arts has been fast and focused in some ways, you know, so at least... There, there was a very clear commitment about 2020 commitments and cash flow for organisations. Things kind of go downhill after that and you start looking at the, the way individual artists have been supported or, or, or considered. I think it's really good that the Arts Council early on began to do some research and engagement to try to get a sense of the, the scale of the problem. And I think it's it's potentially useful that the Arts Council has established a new think tank. But 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 I think on 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 the other side of the balance sheet, you know, I think some of the initiatives have been tone deaf and insensitive. I think that the the sense of dissatisfaction among artists about like what's widely been called the Facebook grant, I think that was a, a very poorly judged response. The level of dismay. That came out from the arts community. It's not surprising because it goes back to the, these core points yet again. And I think Deputy Catherine Connolly made these points last week in, in the debate in the Dáil. This, uh, what she called this cognitive dissonance. You know, there's what Ireland says about the arts and culture, and then there's what Ireland does for the arts and culture. And there's quite a gap. For me, it, go, it, it goes back to a, a bigger, longer-term issue, which is really to do with the relatively weak sense of vision or value that, that we have for the arts and culture. And, and my concern, Toner, would be that we keep talking about support for the arts and culture in the same frame that we've always been talking about, whereas I, I think that frame has to change. It has to be um, put aside. And what is that frame well, in which we're talking about the arts, arts and culture? Like one of the big constraints for the arts and culture is that the, the department has, has traditionally enjoyed very low status, I think, within the apparatus of the state. And I don't think it's been taken seriously enough. And, and, I'm, and I'm not sure that we've necessarily been well served by, by the ministers that we've had. I, I would say Michael D. Higgins was an outstanding exception, but I really think since then the, the arts haven't really been taken seriously enough. And, you know, so if you look at how the, you know, the frame for supporting the arts at the minute, it, yeah, it involves the Department for Culture, Heritage and the Gale Tax. It involves Arts Council, Creative Ireland, Culture Ireland, the local authorities, um, the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade recently appointed a, a cultural director, which is a fantastic thing. But, but what's missing here is a an overall compelling vision f- from the top. In the absence of that, I think we're just going to keep doing the same things over and over again. You know, little bits of imagination and good effort over here and a, a, another bit of imagination and good effort over there but th- there's no sense of of uh, a coherent joined up strategy like we have for example for our food industry ireland is really well known for a number of things culture arts is one of them quality of food uh, is, is another i, I always kind of get get a sense of comfort when, when i look at the board be a website and see how how clear Board B is about 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 what it's in the business of. You know, it's about promoting 
uh, Irish food um, suppliers and producers um, globally and here in Ireland. It's very simple. On the subject of food and the arts, it's just something that I noticed during the week, which is that the restaurant sector is looking for a 500 million euro of support from the state and the arts sector is looking for 20 million. Now, what explains that disparity there? I think a lot of this has to do with the the way we've uh, conditioned ourselves and the frames that the frames that we've put around the way we think and talk about things when it comes to the arts. You know that the arts and culture, uh, and, and my years have been involved in, in this professionally. Uh, it's always been on, on on the hind tit, always, um, even in the good times. Uh, there was always a, an enormous gap between um, how Ireland. Um, funds cultural services for its, for its citizens and I think any other country in Europe and that's really not good enough it's, it's it's a disgrace you know we're laggard on on that as we are laggard on 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 climate and environment and it's really not acceptable anymore the arts are, and culture are, are often seen as ornamental and and nice to have you know um indispensable and valuable but let's see like what value is is put on the arts you know if, if the arts community saying well we're only worth 20 million a year extra i think that's ridiculous what is it based on you know to me if it's if it's true that um that the arts are central to our well-being and our reputation um if the arts are the r d laboratory for for so much of the cultural industries if the arts are, are part of our DNA as, as, as humans individually and, and collectively, um, then we need to find, I think, be- better ways, uh, including measurement. Can I ask then, because that figure of 500 million for the restaurant sector, that came from the Restaurants Association of Ireland and its contribution to the, to the economy is 2.2 billion. Are we missing, in the arts, are we missing some piece of infrastructure, like an association? That would actually help us make stronger arguments. I think we're we're missing the kind of of data and evidence and you know a, a shelf, you know the kind of shelf of stats and reports and statistics that, that actually help win these arguments. You know, I mean, I'll tell you a really interesting like a thing that struck me like a like a sledgehammer between the eyes earlier this year was an article by John Fitzgerald on the twenty first of February in the Irish Times. John mm-hmm. Fitzgerald, really. Uh, eminent uh, economist and analyst, somebody you would take seriously, right? And yeah. um, he, he, he made the, the point that um, Irish arts and culture, Irish music in particular, and, and, and theatre to some extent, had um, paved the way for Ireland's exporters to expand the markets internationally, globally. You know, he, he comes across as kind of surprised by this in his article. It had never really occurred to him. Governments from other countries make decisions to invest in Ireland. And as Fitzgerald says in his article, it's not just uh, because of uh, local uh, conditions or fiscal arrangements or whatever, but it's, be- it's because there's an attractiveness to Ireland, mm. specifically because of the powerful influence and attractiveness of um, arts and culture and identity. And it's really interesting that the Department for Foreign Affairs and Trade have recently appointed um, a cultural director because People know that, that the, the value of, of cultural arts is, is enormous, but the question is, what is the number? What is the number for that, that equates to enormous or huge or even worse, invaluable or precious? How much is that? So if we're saying the restaurants are important to the tune of 500 million, 
don't tell me and expect me to take this land down. The arts are important to the tune of an extra 20 million. I don't buy that. I think we need something harder and bigger, and we and we need to hear we need to hear these numbers coming from from other people as well. I really think we, the reason I said at the start we need to reframe this is I do not believe that the existing ways of doing things are the ways that are going to take us forward. And I think we need I think we need some sense of of coalition or common purpose. We just can't keep going on the same way. I mean, it's it's really it's unfair and it's tiring uh, that every year um, the the arts community and uh, the National Campaign for the Arts, we all have to go through the same steps, making the same arguments, pre-budget, post-budget, around Arts mm. Council decisions. Why do we keep do, Why do we keep doing it, and what is changing because of it? You know, I just think the frame. We just need to reframe it. We really do, and I don't. I don't have all the all the answers to this at all. I'd be deeply suspicious of anybody who does at this point. But but I do think we should be brave enough, and we should be open enough to say, well, what if we didn't start from here at all? What if we didn't? What if we weren't constrained by the existing um, institutional or structural arrangements? And what if we what if we have to do something different? Like we've, we've seen in the last two months, uh, Ireland can make some very big decisions, very big strategic decisions, very fast. You know. Yeah. Um, and we have that capacity. We've done it before. I'm simply saying, uh, let's try and hold on to some of that uh, that, that that momentum and, and take a really good rounded look at arts and culture and all 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 the ambitions and 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 all of the good things that that Aaron says about the arts are true as when mm. it comes to the, the the action and the behavior side it's really really disappointing it's a big letdown i think deputy Catherine Connolly put her finger on it really accurately last week it's cognitive dissonance my point really is this is not so much a review of the sector but it's it's a it's a challenge that we have to put to ourselves. But like my first assumption is that the way things have always been up to now are probably not the best ways to keep us going henceforth. So my my thinking here is, you know, the state is able to to, to do good smart things for arts and culture, and there's plenty of good examples of it. You know, whether you go back to um, having an arts council in, in, the, in the first place as a good thing. My question would be, is is the mid 20th century model the, the best uh, model for uh, the 21st century, given what we know now about the pandemic and, and globalisation, etc., etc. That's just an open question. Of all the ways we could design Ireland's support and thinking about arts and culture, are we seriously going to say that we need a, a government department or two and three or four agencies or maybe five or six agencies all doing different bits of it in the absence of anything that looks like a compelling strategy or purpose. Thanks for listening to the Journal of Music podcast. Remember, if you enjoy our work, you can support it by visiting journalofmusic.com forward slash support.